episode of These Go to Eleven. Let's turn it up. Hey everybody, welcome back to These Go to Eleven, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. This not only helps us to get our content out there, but also helps us to find out what you, our faithful listeners, think. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to these Go to 11. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Joining me as always, Greg Dutcher. Greg, what's going on, man? Dude, I am uh, happy because we're getting January behind us. We're two getting more weeks, two baby. more weeks. We're getting to the end. You know, I always say, and we get to February. We get through those two, dude. Mm-hmm. Not that March is an exciting month. I think I've said this before. Had a friend over the house years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, no, no, they had us over. And for some reason, years ago, we were coming up with playing a game in the car with the kids. What's the most boring day of the year? And remember, I came up with March 12th. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's not a teen. It's not a single digit. It's March. Yeah. It's too early even for the rare early Easter. March 12th. And the guy and his wife who hosted it said, seriously, did you look me up? I was like, what? Because that that's my birthday. <laughs> We got to do a special March 12th podcast. That's right. Um, And actually, I. Are we, is March 12th this year a Tuesday? We should look, dude. We should look. We got to look. March 2024. Yes. It is. Dude, (laughs) let's mark that now. March 12th, the most boring (laughs) Boring day day that we're going to make the boring captivating. We're going to make it captivating, dude. I like it. Yeah, and I really did. I told the guy. I mean, what are the odds? I had a 1 in 365, right. 66 this year chance of uh, that's the, it's a cruel year, dude. They give me an extra day of winter, an extra day of February. <laughs> cruel. Those calendar makers are, are right. harsh taskmasters. That's right. Uh, but yeah, you get into March. And what I like about that, dude, is all the dates you're talking about in March yeah. are good. Like you're you're typically talking April, May, beyond. You might yeah. start talking summer plans. And uh, But I, I overplay it, dude. It's it's good. I mean, yeah, family's good. And everybody is uh, staying together. So, you know. There are a lot worse problems in getting through that's the right. mid-Atlantic winter, but that's right. I do like to have it. Well, behind me. and you know, there's there's always the hope that we get more of a uh, northeast winter. We always could, dude. Always so. could, and let's keep our eyes peeled this that's next right. month or so. That's right. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. Well, we are in our uh, series where we're, we're we're looking at sermons uh greg your your preparation and delivery mm-hmm. are uh our preparation and response as a congregation um how we are engaging with it and so uh those were our first two podcasts that we did and now our third one is how do we as the congregation respond and take this out yeah. The aftermath of the sermon, as it were, yeah. and then your aftermath. Like, wh- yeah. how, how do you deal with uh, the the critiques, the criticisms? Um, how how do you deal with them? How should you deal with them? Yeah, I, I think those are two fair, different questions. Yeah, um, and then 
I, I think I think we have a role in that as well. How should we present critiques and criticisms, mm-hmm. um, and and put those forward? Because yeah. I think um, uh, we, we are we are Americans. We live in 2023, and so it is 24. our 24. That's right. <laughs> I know it takes a while. I know to it does. You, um, but it is uh, we believe our God given right to say anything and everything that comes <laughs> yes. to our minds. Yeah. Um, and I think we find that scripture doesn't actually allow for that. Right. Um, yes. And so uh, let's uh, let's kind of dive in, Greg. Uh, we the sermon's done. Yep. Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's start with us yep. as the congregation. Yeah. How are we to respond and implement what you have just preached on? The first thing that comes to my mind, Nathan, is to talk about it. Mm. I'm surprised um, that that's more rare than I thought. Uh, if we, if it's truly a community experience, and it mm. is, right? We're we're not. Yes, we listen to God's word individually. We should. Mm-hmm. Many of us have reading plans, devotional uh, habits that, that are good, and and we should. Those are all to be lauded. But the Sunday experience is, by definition, a corporate mm. community experience. So I think we should find ways to talk about it. So we regularly have said, um, hey, what you think about today? What stood out? We'll do that with the kids. What What did you like? You know, that's, that should be the, the first question, not right. what didn't you like, right? Right. Um, and when I say like, I don't mean necessarily entertaining, but what what grabbed you? What kind of mm-hmm. what spoke to you? Um, Caused you to think about something in a new and different way. Yes, yes, and I think that's that's important. So, if you're married, obviously, and you and your spouse heard it together, um, I think that's a great spot to talk about it. I think with kids, mm-hmm. it's a really helpful thing to talk about. Uh, now they're little kids. You're probably talking about what they got out of their experience in kids' church. If you have kids' church like we do, yep. Um, and I think we should do the same for each other with big church. Mm-hmm. So I always say it's just helpful because I actually sometimes get more out of a sermon when I hear what somebody else got out of it mm. because they're oh you know I didn't really think about that. That's true. We we tend to. Remember the points naturally that resonate with us individually, probably mm-hmm. because they connect with something very relevant to us in the moment. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I think about this a lot, or yeah, that is my experience. So, somebody else from a different path, it makes the sermon richer. It's almost like another way of hearing it. Yeah. And I believe, you know, as Paul instructs us to speak, speak, speak to each other with psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, right, for the building up. That's an interesting phrase, uh, it, preaching as part of the worship. So I, I think the idea of speaking to each other is really big. Um, sometimes an appropriate response is, you know what? I don't know yet. Mm. I'm processing that. That might go for the the potentially offensive sermon, mm-hmm. the sermon that hit me in areas I wasn't expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a, a, a good response. Um, we are like, dude, when we did Christmas last month, we talked about on Christmas day, Mary pondering and treasuring these things in her heart. Um, I think 
that's a, a good place to start. Yeah. Talk about it. Do, do you do that with Joy when you guys hear it? We do, yeah. We um, together? So oftentimes when we're, we're driving home after the service, so what, you know, what did you think? What grabbed you? You know, what what stood out to you? Yeah. Um, and, and often we approach it from, from that perspective, right? Yeah. It's not what did you like or not like about yeah. it, um, but, but what kind of, what caused you to, to think through some things? Yeah. Um, and, and so oftentimes we're doing that um, on the way home. Yeah. Brief conversations, you know, sure. um, maybe within the first 10 minutes of the drive. Of course. Um, just a short little recap, but, uh, you know, because then it's like, okay, so now we need to go to Walmart and pick up XYZ course, yep. and, you know, get life, ready for life continues. the school week. So, um, but yeah, it is, it is something that we do think through and we process and, um, oftentimes I'm looking for, believe it or not, man, uh, you or Matt preaching, I'm looking for things that I'm going to be teaching on in, um, in school. Yep. Um, looking for, uh, quotes or references, passages, yeah. things that I can bring out in my teaching, um, that, that are going to help me, um, with my students, yeah. right? What are some ways that they can think about this? Uh, that may be a little a little different than they haven't heard before. Yeah, um, I think you and Matt have have a gifting to do that. Really, to to approach a text differently than than what we would normally think of. And so, I'm I'm oftentimes looking for that angle for my students. Yeah, no, I I appreciate that, Nathan. That that kind of dovetails with what we've we've talked about. And we'll probably talk more today. Uh, what I enjoy hearing is text-based observations yeah because then you feel like oh good you always feel so that's where the power is that's where the truth is yep not in the imagination yeah or the stories or the, the 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 real truth is there yes so that's kind of what you want uh, to leave people with I'll, I'll tell you another good one to do we do it with our kids sometimes what was the takeaway uh, yeah um <laughs> wait a minute wait a minute i know it uh wasn't it uh wasn't it when our faith is tested, no, wait, no, that wasn't today. Uh, and we'll joke sometimes, and uh, you know if they don't remember, they get on me. Well, your takeaway wasn't effective because we don't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> and I say, well, there's probably some truth there. Maybe you weren't listening well. Um, but honestly, uh, that's not a bad question. Yeah. To ask. Sometimes I'd almost like to know it. But I can never do it because I look like the stinking police, right? Right, like right, a, right. Well, since I preach, what was the... But almost as valuable exit data for me, what... Articulate the takeaway. Yeah. Because the takeaway is the attempt to give the one big point. Sure, sure. You might yep. be a thousand sub points, little points, but the big point. So if the takeaway isn't memorable, that does instruct me. Yeah. A lot. If it's memorable, I try to get my takeaway shorter and shorter. I mm. used to be more obsessed with with getting everything right. Well, I want to have this word in here, this right. adjective, because that covers, I talked a lot about redemption, so let me get the word redemptive. And, and I, I, I'm aiming for brevity more because yeah. it's more memorable. Right. And I'm hoping that something will stick. So I think that's a, a, a great way the congregation can respond or talk to your friends if you're going to go out to with friends to lunch yep hey what you think ask anybody remember the table you know, mm -hmm. you know almost uh so that the word that we heard mm -hmm. has some continual reverberations yes right uh now some small groups we have a couple that do the sermon 
mm-hmm. I think still. For years, the Jilk small group, one of our elders, yes, uh, I don't know if they still do, would do the sermon. Yes. Because uh, yep. at times, we've we've had various iterations of people that write questions. Yep. I've written some. Some just say, no, I don't need that. We yep. just have the sermon, the text. We might pull up the notes from the Bible app when we have it in the Bible app. That's right. Um, so groups that do that, yeah. that's another great way. Yep. Uh, and by, by no means do... Is that yeah. what a small group has to do? Yeah. You know, but some choose to, and there you probably you squeeze a little more out of it. Yep. And get more benefit. Yeah, I can I can remember times too uh, when we would get together with Joy's grandmother and grandfather after the service, and uh, they they went to they attended church at Perry Hall Baptist, and they would watch online uh, when they couldn't physically get there. Yeah. And uh, I, I remember oftentimes we would go over and we would have uh, lunch with them or we would be going out somewhere with them. And uh, that was, uh, you know, the question that we would always ask two questions. Uh, how was service today? Yeah. And what did you learn? Yeah. Those were the two questions. You Those know, are good. What was service today? And, and Probing like, questions. Yeah. Um, and so we would oftentimes get into discussions i think i think her grandparents and i would get into longer discussions about it than joy and i do because joy and i are both in the service together and we're experiencing the same thing together and so just um on 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 an emotional level on a mental level we're 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 kind of on the same page with a lot of things and Mm so you know, more of a highlight. This thing stood out to me more than anything else with her grandparents. Yeah. It would be a a recap, you yeah. know, like this was the main lesson and this was the text and here's how the the flow of it went, yeah. you know? And so more, more in that category, discussing it with people who weren't in the service. Yeah. And I think sometimes that's actually helpful too. You know, you, oh, yeah. you have believers in your life. I mean, even unbelievers. Mm-hmm. Right, um, you know, thinking through kind of apologetics and things like that, you know, talking to somebody and finding a connection point to get back to the service that you just heard and the sermon you just heard gives you an opportunity to kind of recap it and make sure that you were listening and paying attention. Yeah. You know, um, I, I I did that years ago. I remember you did something. You you were in a passage and you did something on marriage, and I remember I used that when someone was talking to me about uh, the same sex marriage uh, proposal. Uh, actually, the law passed. Yeah, and I think you had done something um, yes. that kind of circled around that, and yep. and so I was able to kind of draw back on that and and walk someone through. You know, this is this is what I believe. This is why I believe it, and use some of the texts that I remembered. Um, you know, so those pieces, being able to pull from that and think intentionally about where am I going to use this? Yes. Um, how could I use this? I think yeah. that becomes important to helping solidify the message in your mind. Yes. Yes. So. Agreed. Dude, I do remember that. That was, um, I think I preached a sermon uh, once the Supreme Court decision had been made called just Christians in a post-Christian culture, yeah. Uh, because I knew people were thinking about it, and nothing really profound there. I right. think I was probably in First Peter. Yep. Nothing changes. We're right. called to be salt and light. We're called to point people to Jesus. Yep. Uh, you know, and just some some ways to think through that. I did talk about marriage because of 
you know, I said, look, the, the culture may always define marriage differently. Now, this is a, a sweeping change. Right. When you uh, consider something like gay marriage, it's it's a radically different picture yeah. of what we say. But, quote unquote, traditional marriage, often the picture people have of that is quite contrary right. to a scriptural portrait. So we're always kind of countercultural. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think, um, you know, uh, the congregation thinking about it, continuing to talk about it, uh, so that the the text, the message coming from the text just continues, right? And then mm-hmm. there's always another sermon coming. Right. So at some level, that almost calcifies. It becomes part yeah. of our, our framework, and it maybe helps us think through, you know, sermons. I sometimes wonder, boy, how many sermons have shaped mm-hmm. my thinking right now that I don't even remember? Right. I mean, some sermon I preached in 2002. I, yeah. I, my life depended on it. Probably couldn't tell you. Yeah. Um, but at some level, it's there. Yeah. So. How how are you as the pastor processing what you've just preached on? Because you've been, yep. you've been in it far longer than we have uh, listening to it. And yep. so how, how are you processing the, the wrap up and... I mean, you've got to be thinking ahead to oh, you know, always. next yeah. week. Oh, and so, it's but, always coming, yeah. But obviously you want that to sit with you. I remember you know, you talking to my students in November and, and one of the things that stuck with them because they still talk about mm-hmm. it is, you know, the, the gospel always has to um, be working in you before it can be working out through you. Right, right. Um, and so, you know, how? what are you doing to make sure that that is impacting you and working in you right. um, as it's as it's going out? Yeah, I, um, man, I'd love to have a, a really inspiring <laughs> answer to this. No, I, I'm trying to be honest about it. Like, I, I do. I mean, a lot of the preaching to me is done before. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's the old adage, preach it to yourself before you preach it to others. And yeah. does it hit home? Are you persuaded of what you're seeking to persuade others of? And uh, often what I have, dude, is a, uh, but it actually helps me to talk to other pastors. There's always an odd disappointment when it's over mm-hmm. because at some level, pretty real level, mm-hmm. you you know it could have been better. Mm. It could have been clearer. Gotcha. I rarely preach a message where I said, man, I'm all jokes aside, you know, I've heard preachers, man, that was good. I really dropped it there. Uh, I've had a few where I feel really um, genuinely good mm-hmm. about, man, I think by the grace of God, I covered the things that I think were important. More often than not, there is, uh, again, I talked last week about that secondary dialogue reading. Yeah reading your people, reading it. Uh, so uh, all that to say, knowing I'm going to be prone to be a little down, I tell myself, I think I talked about Jesus, mm-hmm. and that's always good. Yeah. If people who are were here, because here's what I know, the culture, the rhythms of life, the world, the flesh, and the devil— all keep us away. Right. All want to pull us away from thinking, pondering Jesus. Yes. So if I talked about Jesus purposely for some time, I tell myself, it's almost preaching the gospel to myself. Yeah. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege. I think I said true things about Jesus, and that made it worth it. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. It's, yeah. Is that, but so that's kind of a first thing that I have to do. Yeah. Uh, so 
I would say years ago, dude, I, I was crippled with a lot of regret and um, a lot of pastors take off Monday for that reason. It's mm-hmm. uh, But I heard Larry Osborne, a pastor I've listened to for many years, make the point, he goes, why would a pastor want to take off Monday? That's the day I'm depressed and right. all my energy spent. Man, I'm going to feel like I'm going to get paid for it. Yeah. I want to be off Friday when I'm feeling good, haven't screwed up this week's sermon yet, got some energy. You know, I'm, that's what I'm going to take off and enjoy. Yeah. And everybody laughed. But I thought it was interesting that so many pastors can relate to that. Yes. That post-Sunday blah. Yeah. Um, it's almost like, I mean, it's almost, we talked last Christmas, right? Yeah. You have that you have that kind of high leading up to it and then that short minute. And then afterwards, it's like you start to feel that down. Always, dude. It's There's ending. always the big letdown. And preaching is always an event. Yeah. It's always uh, an event that you hope and pray produces good things. And then, uh, boy, it's over as, as quickly as it starts. And you're like, oh, that's done. Right. That sermon, I won't preach that again. And uh, if I do, it'll be a recycled version of it years from now that, you know, uh, I might reheat and tweak uh, depending on the situation. But it's um, it's it largely a one-time moment, a one-time event. And ultimately, dude, I just determined years ago, uh, you have to trust, I have to trust that God has a purpose. And there is no perfect sermon. Right. Uh, the great, you know, the Spurgeon never preached a perfect sermon. Right. So if he didn't preach a perfect sermon, Lord knows I'm never going to come close to it. Right. So the only perfect sermons were given by Jesus. He's the one you hope speaks through you. Yes. And is what you're praying for. So I always view it that, uh, you know, like I always say, I know there's gunk of mine in there. Mm -hmm. Lord, blow that stuff away like the chaff on the wind and may the stuff that was true stick. So a lot of it for me, my response is to just immediately tell myself, don't do it. Yeah. Don't go in this hole. Yeah. Um, feel good, not because of what you did, but true things I, I trust were said about Jesus. Yeah. I'm going to let God do his work. Yeah. And then get ready for the next one. Yeah. That's about, I think that's about all you can do. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm much better on Sundays now. I'm, I'm a little tired. Right. Um, because that's hard. I recognize a lot of people want to talk to their pastor on a Sunday, mm-hmm. which I do too. Uh, I always feel like, man, this is probably, especially after the sermon, my worst time because I'm a little, but it's fine. Yeah. Um, normally, uh, those conversations, interestingly enough, are rarely about the sermon. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. It's, it's, I, I don't, I'm not saying that positively or negatively. Sure. Just kind of a, it's dawning on me now. Occasionally there are. Yeah. Oh, I might be, uh, do you want me to address this now? Things that people say are helpful, things that aren't, or we can come to that. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll kind of move into Good. that in just in just a few minutes. I, I want to go back to that um, being tired thing because I think yeah. I think people underestimate the value in the importance of performance based jobs, um, yes. and and I mean like you, as as a teacher, as a pastor, actor, actress, those performance bases. When you go back, uh, you know, classical school, I'll bring up, you know, rhetoric, right? Yeah. We, we call it public speaking today, but but the reality is public speaking is actually very different than rhetoric, the art of speaking. Yes. And you are, you, you're learned and taught how to 
affect emotion from people. Mm-hmm. You're you're taught how to deliver certain things. I mean, there is a whole technical aspect to speaking yeah. that becomes performance. You, you're you're really uh, you really are like an actor or an actress yeah. in the things that you're thinking through. You know how how do they do a good job at at bringing emotion out in people? Yeah, um, and this is just natural language. The difference is as a teacher, as a pastor, mm. we're prepping ahead of time, right? We're not we're not spontaneously going right, out. And actors right. and actresses do the same thing. Sure. But the thing is you want a passage, right? You want the death of Christ to weigh heavy on people. Yeah. And I, I don't want to do this with this particular passage because it, it feels it feels wrong. So let me bring up another passage. Yeah. Let's take Daniel in the lion's den, right? Yeah. You don't want to come out with Daniel in the lion's den and be like, oh, that Daniel, he just, he, he, he didn't do what the king told him to do. Right. And he just went into his closet and he prayed anyway. And guess what? He got thrown in that line. That doesn't have an impact on the gravity of what's going on here. Right. I mean, Daniel is, is kind of in this moment, the equivalent of a missionary we see in China or the Middle East. Yeah. He's going to his death. Mm-hmm. And you want the tone and the inflection in your voice to portray that so that your audience feels that. Oh. We are meant to experience the Bible in a way that that gels not just with what we know intellectually, but also what we know in our hearts to yeah. be true. Yeah. And we want the Bible to to change our emotions and our affections. Yeah. We want our heart to break for the things that broke Christ's heart, right? Yes. The rich young ruler where it says Christ pitied him, we should feel that pity. Yeah. And as communicators, it's our job to express that emotion to our audience so they're feeling what we're feeling. Agreed. That takes a lot out of you to oh, do that. It, Dude, it's, it's, it's very difficult. It's, I know it's tough because when I talk to guys that work very physical, hard, demanding jobs, and I'll, I'll use the cliche everybody uses, you know, a guy digging ditches. I've never really known a guy who just digs right. ditches. But, you know, that, that work very physically demanding jobs. Uh, they're walking a lot. They might work at a plant. And mm-hmm. they're, they're moving things. They're do, it, that's a, a, an exhaustion mm-hmm. um, that is very real, very tired. There is a mental relational exhaustion that you sound like a a little wimp talking about too much. But when you do it, you know it. Yeah. There's an experience of, yeah. of your mental energies have been exerted and yes. spent and your emotional energies to such a degree that uh, for me, and I will say having one service, mm-hmm. uh, it helps. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When you have two, or like we said last week, when you do three, <laughs> wow, yeah. it's hard. One service helps, but it's still there. It's, yeah. um, and it's hard to explain. There's just a fatigue. You've kind of given your all, hopefully, yep. left it on the table. Um, and it can be very, very tiring. Yes. Uh, which is why, I will say this here, may I say to anybody, whether you're in my church, your church, whatever church you've been in, in rare circumstances it might be good, but could I recommend from personal experience? Yeah. If you have a negative. Yeah. Don't share that immediately with the person who spoke 
yeah. on Sunday. Yeah. It could be a negative about the sermon. It could be yeah. a negative about something else. Yeah. It's a hard time. Yeah. Um, you know, honestly, a day later, an email that sets mm-hmm. it up is good. Um, it's, you know, I get it. They're, they're not, it, it's just, it's a, your, your, your mental energies, your emotional energies are depleted. Yeah. Uh, and it's a, it's a hard, sometimes it feels like, ouch. Uh, you know, I have the story, dude, you know, um, in 2020, we had our first on the lawn. Mm, um, yeah. We had not seen people in person for three months. Yep. We did it in June of 2020. So we hadn't met since March 8th yep. together. Yeah. And then it's three and a half months. It was late June that we have an on-the-lawn service. And, you know, it was wonderful to see people. Oh, my goodness, yeah. it's our people. We haven't seen them in so long. Uh, and I said something that did not sit well with a couple, and they made a point. I mean, it was a beeline to me when it was done. Um, dude, that was terrible timing. Yeah. It was terrible timing yeah. because, one, I was going through so many emotions just seeing people. Right. And I'll tell you one of the things, to be honest. I'm wondering who's still here. Yeah. Because a lot of people ghosted to COVID. You know, it yeah. just it oh, happened. Yeah. Uh, not here. It happened to every church. Yep. Yep. So it was a time for a lot of people to ghost and, and kind of reset. <clears throat> and God's sovereign over all that. I recognize that. But there, I'm not going to deny that I wasn't at some level noticing, yeah. um, you know, that uh, I wonder if they're here. You know, I thought I might see them. And you're, you're kind of wondering... Um, and that was a, a moment that I wish this couple had not yeah. dropped that on me. Yeah. Just being honest. I, yeah. I, I really wish an email the next day, hey, Greg, you said something. Love to pick your brain on that. And talk, can we talk right. about that today or sometime? Yeah. Sure. Let's yeah. set up a phone call or a, a meeting and I'll <clears> talk <throat> to you about it. Yeah. And uh, I would have had much better uh, mental focus. Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking, wow, that day especially, it was hot. Yeah. Uh, we were outside. There were so many emotions swirling from being together, most of them positive, mm-hmm. some of them a little negative and, and conflicted for reasons that I said. Mm-hmm. So there's a host of going things going on when you do that kind of yeah. work. And I say, now sometimes it, it has to be that. Sure. So I'm saying use some discretion yeah. on when to drop it. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think this is a good time to to actually talk about some of those things and bring some of those things up now more specifically. Um, yeah, you know, I deal with this with my students all the time, right? I have <clears throat> I have forty three minutes to uh, three days a week, yeah, to impart biblical truths into my students' lives. Yeah, all of them are at various places in their spiritual walk and journey. Yeah. All of them have various questions about topics that books and volumes have been written on. Right. And I have 45 minutes, less than that, 42, 43, something like that, to try to answer, uh, forget one question. Yeah. But sometimes four or five questions. Like I said, that, that books and volumes have been written on these things. Yes. Um. There are times where I have to just simply look at my students and be like, 
I wish we could sit here and talk about this, but the yeah. reality is we don't have the time. Right. Right. In a Christian school, you you do have a curriculum. And that doesn't mean that I don't subvert the curriculum for the sake of of the moment and the student and what I think they're they're dealing with and going through, because I think those things are important. Yeah. I think this question that's being asked is important because this deals with salvation. Yeah. And for these students to at least know what salvation is before they leave the doors of the school. Right. That's my number one priority. I don't care what I'm teaching. Yep. And so I'm willing to to push that down. But there are times where the question is asked and things things are, you know, the nature of the Trinity. That's an important question yeah. to, to walk through with these yeah. students and, right. and try to help them to at least get something in their mind that they can at least formulate and say, okay, I, I have an idea of what this is. Right. But again, there are times where I have to look at them and say, can we talk about that later? Yeah. Do you have time after school? And we could sit down and t- do you have time before school that you could come in early and we could discuss this? Do you have, you know, lot, whatever it is, like, we just can't cover it right now. And I think it's the same thing after church, right? Yeah. Where you've just processed all of these things that, yeah. that you have talked about. And now you're trying to unsort your feelings and emotions with what you preached on because... I don't know about you. I finished this podcast and half the time, I don't remember what I said. Dude, same here. And so uh, what you're teaching or preaching, it's the same thing. Like, you know, you've gone through it, but yep. you need time to you process need time to through process. it. Well, dude, let's be honest. When we record three at a time, which we've yeah. done, yeah. <laughs> there are times I go home and I'm, I, dude, I can barely speak my name Yeah, because we've talked, you know, this, uh, yeah, we're having fun and it's yeah. good, but we're trying to think, we're yeah. trying to articulate um, you know, things we hope are helpful or yeah. provocative to people so they can think themselves and process what a Christian life looks like in this world. Um, and it's it, it's it's an unusual kind of uh, fatigue. Uh, yeah. And you just need a little time to yeah. get your mojo back. Mm-hmm. That's how I view it. So, yeah, I would say, dude, when I've had people uh, come to me um, with something they didn't like in the sermon mm-hmm. that's valuable mm-hmm. well, it's it's it, and i i'm saying that i'm never saying don't don't come i'm saying be mindful of the manner in which you come yeah um i think that that matters so probably just the thought of ooh, this i'm not sure how i felt about that i'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to talk about that or you know uh <laughs> i will say i had somebody uh not too too long ago, uh, that that said to me, um, yeah, I uh, wanted to talk to you about last week's sermon. Oh, well, last week's sermon, you mm-hmm. didn't get the chance. I must have had a meeting with somebody after church, which I often have, and they didn't get a chance to to grab me, and were very distraught about something. And I listened. I said, okay, and I asked them some clarifying questions. My best conclusion was I, I it was clear to me mm-hmm. and when I explained it and it still wasn't clear, sometimes you're just at an impasse. Yeah. Like, dude, I don't know how to say it more plainly. Right. I, I right. that's what I was saying. And yeah, I could tell by the confusion. He was rather negative because yeah, I mean it was really uh, it was it was a really bad sermon. 
I would avoid saying that. I don't mm-hmm. think that's ever a time to say it's a really bad sermon. Right. And then he said, I mean, today, you know, today was adequate. <laughs> I thought, wow, man. <laughs> not said, taken. Lord, let me find my affirmation from Jesus. Right. Because I'm not going to get it from this person. But, um, you know, that's rare. That doesn't yeah, happen yeah. too much. That's very rare. But I, you know, again, I have no issue with a person coming uh, except the timing. Yeah. Because, dude, one, like you said, Nathan, I can barely remember what I just said. Right. Uh, I'm exaggerating that a little. Sure. I, I, I can, but, sure. you know, you're like, okay, give me a moment. Wait, are you ta- Oh, you're talking about when I right. made a reference to such and such. Okay. What was, I hear you, you know, you can talk. But now it's right after this sermon, you're asking me to go back to one a previous week, right. which... By that point, dude, it's really long gone. Yeah. Uh, I'd have to sit down and pull up my notes and say, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember this, um, and, and, and talk about it. I, so I would say, um, what if somebody really likes the sermon? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say two things to that. One, you don't have to be over-spiritual. I don't have to be over-spiritual. Yeah. So the way I used to do it, if somebody sa- said, hey, that was a great sermon— I used to feel that he'd say, well, uh, you know, not I, but the Lord. Uh, there right. actually was Christ in me. We're, right. I don't, I just say, oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, I keep it simple. And then maybe they bring up something they talked about. Uh, that's perfectly fine. I like the sermon. Uh, I, I do like to know why yeah. often. And if it's because, wow, I see this connection, I never considered that about Peter. Yeah, I never considered that about Paul. I, I, you know, wow, I never thought that this actually is exactly what I'm doing. I, ironically, years ago, I preached a sermon where I was talking about preaching. Yeah, you know, talk about a meta sermon like we're doing in this podcast, and I made the observation that it's often common when you hear something you think so-and-so needs to hear this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's a real deficiency in their life. So I pointed that out, and the guy had, I feel like I've heard that observation many times, I'm sure. Yeah. This gentleman had never heard anybody really say that, and that stuck with him. Greg, I'm, I, he was like awestruck. He said, Greg, I, I do that all the time. Mm. You, you were speaking right to me. I'm always thinking so-and-so needs to hear this. Yeah. Because they're really bad about right. you know their words or oh somebody needs to hear this because they're always complaining or blah 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 um and so i liked that that he yeah. was giving me something really specific so i'd say if you're going to encourage the yep. person who spoke yep i find what's most encouraging i mean if somebody wants to say that story you told about lisa was funny or uh <clears throat> you know and all the stories about lisa are true um <laughs> you know and um if somebody likes it, that's cool to hear. Yeah. It's nice to know. That's kind of a, it's not all that important. Yeah. Uh, I always say, if you can tell me, this is what I like to hear, why something in the sermon was clear to you mm-hmm. or helped you, boy, that that's when it feels good. Yeah. That's when it feels, because that's what I pray for. Yeah. Uh, the, my main goal, the word helpful uh, has really risen to the top of my little uh, Maslow's period of uh, yeah. pyramid of self-actualization. My, my top stone is helpful. Yeah. And it's not maybe the most exciting word, but it feels good to be helpful. Yeah. 
part of it, dude, is I can't help anybody with anything else. Right. Nathan, you need a, oh, you got a car problem, plumbing problem, <laughs> electrical problem. Don't uh, call me. Yeah, I, I got nothing. I'd yeah. love to be. I, when I see people like helping somebody, oh, I came over, I fixed their leak. Oh, man, that, that must feel great to do that and make somebody. I can't do any of that. Yeah. So if I can be helpful. Yeah. That feels really good. Yeah, I, I think there's something, too, about, you know, you talked about the discernment of when you talk about these things. I think also the discernment about what you uh, didn't like, right? Yeah. There's a difference between if if your pastor or teacher, whoever it is, says something and you think there's actually a true spiritual or scriptural deficiency oh yeah and what was said right like a misinterpretation or something like that there's a difference between that and yeah i thought the illustration you used was weak uh, you know like yes i think dude here's what i would say about that on the second one the illustration was weak you probably don't need to say it right um one he probably knows it because yeah. he could tell by uh, didn't seem to yeah. create a lot of awareness or reaction or uh, so he probably knows it so he might be beating himself about that up already uh, already now depending on the closeness you have to mm-hmm. that pastor you talk regularly you know he welcomes your feedback mm-hmm. can be very helpful um, but if it's the other category you mentioned I wouldn't just say you should I say you're obliged mm-hmm. uh, by scripture to go to the, yeah. the pastor and say, hey, could I ask you, without accusation, Right, Matt Smith has, is so good with this, he always uses the, help me, can you help me understand? Yeah. Right? You're, you're inviting that person. Yeah. Like, hey, this is kind of where I left that sermon thinking you said something really wrong about the character of Jesus. Yeah. Help me, like, fill in that gap. Right. Did I miss, you're almost saying, did I miss something and maybe the the preacher who gave the message, the communicator, thinks, you know what? I yeah, I I didn't really connect those dots as clearly as they like they're clear in my mind, right? But I can see now when I said this and never came back to resolve. I do that a lot because of my ADHD. Lisa mm-hmm. points that out. I will introduce something and then I go down the the side path right. and I don't really come back to it. Yeah. And she said, if you were really interested in the resolution of that first point. You frustrated people. Yeah. I said, shoot. Well, it's clear to me. Right. Well, the good, good for you. Right. But I'm not in your head, right. so it wasn't clear. So I would say, and I welcome that, I, I always love and I if I get, often that can be done via email. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Greg, something you said, I wanted to make sure, I got one not, not long ago, uh, and I still don't quite understand why, but it was helpful. Mm-hmm. A person asked me, it was a young lady here, um, was I suggesting that Jesus had sinned? Mm. So I said, wow, I'm so glad you reached out to me. Mm-hmm. The first thing I wanted to make clear is, let me be as clear as I can. Mm-hmm. You know, here, talk about a takeaway thought. If Jesus sinned, we're doomed. Right. Uh, so I want you to know emphatically, Jesus never sinned. Or yeah. your pastor believes right. Jesus never sinned. Yeah. And I was almost surprised by the casual... Uh, manner she communicated hey i was like wow right i mean if i'm in a church and i think the pastor is saying jesus <laughs> right sinned 
I, I'm I'm running for the exit. Yeah. You know, this is just really, really bad heresy stuff. So, and then she wrote back, oh, thank you. No, no, that helps me so much. And I was I was so glad she reached out sure. to me because that's so important. And I can learn in those moments, boy, did I say something sloppily? Yeah. Um, uh, and, and sometimes, usually it's a combination. Uh, in that case, I think it was. That was a rare case, just an issue on hearing. Because mm. I look back, I was close, and I think maybe she was distracted. You know, maybe if you missed the middle piece, you hear this and this and right. think, oh. Um, but more often than not, it's usually some combination. Yeah. Maybe they could have listened a little more intently. I certainly could have made it more clear. Yes, yeah. Um, and it just helps me grow as a communicator. Yeah. So I'm always happy to get those. Yeah. I, sometimes people are offended. Oh, I've got one more. I got an email a few weeks ago. Um, if you listen to this podcast, because I think you, you might... Thank you. I was talking about, uh, it wasn't that long ago in the, in the fall, um, I believe, mm-hmm. and I was talking about insiders and outsiders. Yes. And I was preaching from 1 Corinthians 14. Yes. And I thought I had made it really, really clear. It was clear to me, because yeah. I think about these things all the time, um, that Okay, the main thrust of 1 Corinthians 14 mm-hmm. is uh, about the proper use of spiritual gifts yeah. in the context of the church governed by love. That's the main theme that hangs over 12, 13, and 14. Yep. So I said I said that. Uh, I said, so I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going to focus on a little sometimes hidden incident mm-hmm. um which isn't the I, if i was preaching through first corinthians 14 in a series i wouldn't do that right in a topical series sometimes you can go back and look at this is often an underappreciated or overlooked i tried to make that as clear as i could yeah and i the the implication was paul seems to care deeply about the outsider's perspective of what happens in the church yeah is that the main point of the text no Right. But it is a point, a legitimate point to make. Yeah. So he basically reached out to me and said, I always thought 1 Corinthians was about the proper use of spiritual gifts. And I said, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I so agree with you. And I actually went back on that one and I listened to my intro. I could have been clearer. Mm. Like I, I said it in two or three sentences. Yeah. So some people may have gotten it. I, and that email made me think, I wish I had been more clear. I appreciated that he was basically asking, did you preach the point of the text? Mm-hmm. Um, and so all that to say, I welcome those. And yeah. he was a little sheepish. He said, I, yeah. hope, I hope this isn't <clears throat> offensive to you. I said, yeah. well, you haven't. You haven't called me a jerk. You haven't right. said I'm a bad person. Right. You haven't said my breath stinks. So, uh, no, I'm not offended. Yeah. You have every right. In fact, I think you need to do this. Yeah. Uh, and I love it. It, it makes me feel closer yep. to you know, my people and, yeah. and, and my tribe here. And it makes me uh, feel like uh, they're valuing what they hear and they want to yep. be sure. Uh, <clears throat> so that I think that's a helpful way to respond. Yeah. Non-accusatory, yeah. open-handed. Help me. Yeah. Did I miss something? Yeah. That's the best way to go. And that's just not. That's life. Right. 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 I think our first response should always be the, "Hey, I've learned that from Matt." And sometimes yeah. it's a joke. I'm right. like, "Help me to understand." <laughs> um, 
You Even know. though you may understand perfectly clearly. Exactly. I think I do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But, uh, and that's true. Sometimes you you kind of do because there's a yeah. pattern, there's a history. But it's still, I, I think it's a way to diffuse a little tension yes. on the front end. Yes. Hey, is there something that maybe I missed? Yeah. I'll take, because I felt like you were saying ABC. Right. Uh, and sometimes a person said, yeah, I was saying ABC. Yeah. I'm sorry. May I, that was probably a little over the top. And yeah. Hey, that's fine. Yeah. That's what we do. Yeah. Well, this has been, uh, this has been so good. I'm glad we were able to sit down and, and look at this because I, I do feel that this is important for us as, um, your people to, to know, uh, you know, how can we approach this? Uh, it's good to know that you welcome, these things as well and don't shy away from them. So, yes. so very thankful that we were able to do this. Looking forward to next week. How to listen to a boring sermon. That's right. Dude, I, so. I've been, I've got some thoughts on this. I'm, yeah. I think I'm going to have four, maybe five. That should be a very practical. Yeah. And I want people to know I'm an expert on this because I've listened to them and I've preached them. That's right. I know it from both sides. Yeah. I've preached boring sermons. I've listened to boring sermons. So I want to give some encouragement on what to do with a boring sermon. Nice. Until the next time, we just rock the Casbah. Thank you again for listening to These Go to 11, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Once again, please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. And if you ever find yourself in the Forest Hill, Maryland area, please feel free to stop by at 135 Industry Lane, and you can get all of our service times and information at ChristFC.org. These go to 11.